0: This is it. I'm going to America, and I'm going to make it.
1: My name is Louise Newsom, and you're listening to The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. On this episode, you will meet Tomash Monoshi of Tomash Tapas Bar and Restaurant in Wappingers Falls, New York. When Tomash arrived in the United States in 1994, he was broke with two suitcases and nowhere to go. He didn't have a clue what he was going to do, but he knew he was going to accomplish something, something big. Fast forward almost 20 years, and his dreams have come true, owning and operating a well-established restaurant in Dutchess County, which emulates his smooth European style. The eatery named a double winner for best in the Hudson Valley by the Hudson Valley Magazine in 2013.
0: In 1989, coming out of the mandatory military service for two years, I ended up in communism. And when I came out of the army, it was democracy. The revolution came through and went home after two years of service, and everything changed. All my friends, the businesses I used to work in before the service was changed. It was state-owned, now it's democracy. Who owns anything nobody from state to who so it was free for all and I didn't know anything and anybody I didn't know the process was even going because we weren't locked up so my mom said, why don't you look at cruise liners I saw some ad in the paper in uh, three weeks I was on my flight to Miami started working on the cruise liners as a server in the Caribbean so I get my introduction to American culture. I get the introduction to openness, to freedom, to work, <laughs> working six days a week, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I did that for a few years, went back. Meanwhile, <clears throat> really getting exposure to a Americanism. What is that? Well, how genuine Americans are. They actually, when they invite you, when they ask, what's wrong if they can help you, they actually mean it without any benefit for them at the end of the day. I stayed in the United States for six months. I finally decided, didn't like it, let me go back home because home is home. So I went back to Europe and after not realizing, after living and breathing and really emerging in American society for six months, how different I became. Going back to Europe, after living here for six months, I really saw everything with different eyes. When I pick up the phone, nobody's answering or if they do, they're rude on the phone. When I go into a service industry, store, or hospitality business, they don't really being as nice, as as warm as in America. Uh, In America, in New Jersey, when I picked up the phone on Sunday, I could pay my bill, taking care of my account, over the phone in a couple of hours and I have a whole day off free. At home, when I picked up the phone, I couldn't do anything. And then when I go into the stores or businesses, I was waiting on the line and I have to have a different one. Did not like it whatsoever. I finally realized this is it. I'm going to America and I'm going to make it. I get on the plane, july third, nineteen ninety four, arrived at JFK with two suitcases and nowhere to go. I told my family I'm going to America and I'm going to make it. I arrived and now what? Found the least expensive transport and the least expensive room, hotel in Manhattan and walking up and down for three days trying to find a job. Not knowing that immigration within that year or year before was cracking down on illegal uh, hospitality employers to a point that they made an example, and everybody was scared and I didn't have any papers to work. I was getting desperate. My money was running out, I didn't have much in my pocket, and the hotel was not giving me any breaks. I started calling all the pa- past passengers that asked me to come to see them from this area New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. Many of them returned my phone call. They were away or vacations or something was happening to let them know later on. I needed something immediate. Meanwhile, one lady from Poughkeepsie, her name is Shuja, she's Hungarian. She did return my phone call, which kind of saved me because I have about two days worth of finances for the hotel and that's it. I was going to be homeless. That She has an employment and place to stay for me, coming on a train go to Poughkeepsie, and she'll wait for me, and I will start. But as I was traveling on the train, I realized that the houses are getting more sparse and smaller, the trees are getting larger, and there's this tremendous river on the side of me, and it's not going away. And there's another hour to go with the train, and I had pretty much no money, cash, left to go back. I had no credit cards. Back then, there was no credit cards from Europe. And all I had is two suitcases on me and myself. That's it. I met her two years ago, seven day cruise. She was a passenger. I remember her name, name. didn't remember what she looked like, but she answered the phone. She said, yes, come up. We have a place for you to stay and a job. As soon as I stepped up the train, I looked up on top of the staircase. There she was, immediately recognized her this rock fell off my heart that I will not be sleeping out cold, that I have somebody over here to go to and everything will be okay. I stayed on the mattress sleeping in the hallway and got a job at the diner, which I thought was very glamorous when I walked around, but ended up to be different, an eye-opening experience coming from the cruise liner to work on a diner. My shift was from... Ten o'clock at night until six in the morning, which called a graveyard shift between the employees. And my travel was using a bicycle that her friend's daughter left behind going to college. So it's a nice pink girl <laughs> bike on Route Nine, traveling ten at night and six in the morning in summertime. Rain sunshine, humidity, didn't matter. When it was raining, I used a garbage-lined backpack with server clothes, and I dried up in the bathroom in the diner, and I put the clean clothes on, worked all night, and if it was still raining, put the dirties back on and biked
1: back. The Makers is brought to you by Trade & Prosper. Here we share the stories of individuals and businesses that make our communities. We believe in those who are committed to doing well by doing good, using their hands, minds and hearts to create a better place for us all and believe that a little sweat and a lot of sharing turns a community into a populace of prosperity. Trade and Prosper is a forum where those like-minded individuals meet to trade ideas, information, goods and services, as well as build long-lasting relationships that enable them to expand their reach locally and also globally. For more information on our organization and for more podcast episodes, head over to tradeandprosper.com. Follow us on social media for the latest news and events about businesses near you.
0: There has to be something better than this because this is not going anywhere and the finances were definitely not there and the quality of the service. Uh, I was introducing myself, I used to do table side service, flambe, cooking in front of the customers, making dressing and Caesar salad right in front of them with just a spoon and a fork. Over here, I'm serving burgers and uh, sandwiches and soup for little money. This is not training me or getting me there. There was an opportunity of German family. They had established business in Wappingers Falls for for decades and they had a butcher shop. So I did get an opportunity to work in the back cutting meat. I never did that before. Cutting raw meat in the refrigerator in the summertime, which was amazing because summertime itself, I'm in the fridge but in wintertime was the opposite. The fridge was warmer than outside. i have to buy a large, a whole leg of animal and make steaks out of it. The extras grinding into the burger or stew meat from the bones you make stock, Uh, the big ones you cut and make ossoboko. So I learned all these things. Plus, I became so good with the family that they trusted me to use the vehicle as the main purchaser. They bought all the meats in Hunts Point in Bronx. Once a week, part of my job was about 2 o'clock in the morning, drive down with a huge wad of cash in my pocket because back then it was cash business. We talk about no less than fifteen, sometimes up, up to $40,000 in cash. Never thought much of it. But looking back, this skinny, blue-eyed, blonde, uh, foreign accent guy driving a vehicle with a with a big bulging pocket of cash buying meats pretty much fighting not fighting but for fighting for a spot to park the vehicle and get online with with the big truckers and you know the truckers are a special group of people that this is what they do and they're kind of a rough bunch i never had a problem not a single one I was delivering meats for for the butcher shop as well, with the same vehicle. And this is how I met an owner of the catering company that had a uh, establishment in Alumni House in Vassar College in Poughkeepsie. And this gentleman was so impressed by my loyalty to the the business owner that he ended up hiring me as his matre d. And this is when I finally went back into my field of work, which was front of the house serving customers. And they had events and parties and they were doing uh, private events also for the deans and the faculty members in their own private homes around the campus. And it was a great relationship because not only I was working very diligently for the owner, I was protecting the owner at all costs. My belief was, in the future, if I ever have a business of my own, I would want somebody else to do the same thing for me, what I do for him. Sadly, all the good things have come to end. Um, he had the choice of either family or the business. And it was getting very severe. And then finally, there was a black and white and he had to close the business down because family always comes first. So this way, we end up on the good way, parting. He closed the business and I found an employment at German restaurant in Poling. Again, on the floor, serving via server which I liked because this was right up to the very high end, high quality, some table size service, perfect. Very, very happy. Well, a few years down the road working, one of the cooks left. And the owner came to me with a knowledge that I heard, you wanted to have your own business, you want to be having your own restaurant. You need to know how to cook, just in case something like this happened. You need to know everything. So why don't you go in? This is an opportunity and I'll teach you. To be honest with you, I never made a chocolate cake before. I thought it was like the the cat's meow. Making soups, uh, desserts, a souffle, um, cold appetizers, curing uh, whole salmon or or shrimp was, I thought it was a bee's knees and and I never was trained in the culinary uh, arts whatsoever. I kind of learned what I, what I saw from the cooks in the kitchen and I, at home I re- reproduced it for us to eat. So therefore he said, I will treat you. I had nothing to lose. I took that on. Within a week I was doing everything by myself.
1: <laughs>
0: I could not believe how easy it was. Yet I painted this picture of difficulty. Looking back it seems like I was in the right place at the right time, like the butcher shop was a free education, which gave me such a um, leg up in you know, my f- future private business. I can go and buy a inexpensive, half a fresh animal, half a cow, if you will, come back over here, break it down into the steaks, all the meat used up in different parts, um, the trim turned into burger, the, the larger pieces turned into stew, the bones make stacks out of it, um, marrow bones, I cut them open or do asoboko. So pretty much I would waste absolutely nothing. Even the lard mm-hmm. I use in cooking. And if it's beef, the worst case, I use it for suet for my birds in, in my backyard. We never had steak in Eastern Europe. For us steak was something that's fried, breaded. But even uh, having a, something like a ribeye or a filet mignon, Our filet mignon, if if we ever get it once every few years, it was always baked and stuffed with something and sliced, was nice and tender. But having it grilled, medium rare or rare, was a sacrilege. Seeing red or blood was like, this is not, this is still poisonous. And yet, seeing customers eating it and liking it, I was trying. Now, of course, I went medium well which was the, the most I can possibly take. And then later on, I tried a little bit of medium just to see. I live in an extra room that uh, these people had available. <clears throat> Sometime I couldn't pay the rent. I don't have enough employment. So I helped around the house. I did the laundry. Um, I, I did the fixing around the house. Uh, I remember this one lady, her shed was kind of tilted, and the front steps were falling apart. So I fixed the front steps. Now, we're still very good friends. And I think about 20 years later, she still tells me every time she comes to a restaurant, you know, that shed is falling apart, the window doesn't, there's rotten, the squirrel goes in and out, but the front steps are still standing and they're perfect. Uh, A customer, a group of customers approached me. Uh, They did hear from employees that I did come over here to have my own restaurant and I saw what I did. And they approached me with the idea is that they will be opening a restaurant very soon, four of us, so i will be the number four, full partners, 25%, we no money down. Basically, they told me what I wanted to hear. I was so gung-ho, I couldn't stand my scent. Finally, the opportunity after working came that I could prove myself and do something that it will be benefiting down the road and it will be ours. I did put notice in, and I left the restaurant, the French restaurant, to go in, in the Connecticut, opening this existing restaurant that went out of business. It was an old Indian restaurant, very dark, everything paneling. So as we took it over, we started the demolition, find all the mirrors behind, all the paneling. Came to find out there was a strip joint that we're going to be opening, and they did not get a permission to get, have liquor and dance at the same time. It was one or the other. So they have everything ready to go, everything mirror. I mean, you can, even on the ceiling, everywhere. Not only we took the panels down, I broke mirrors for three days.
1: Oh my goodness. Now God. you know the saying oh, breaking yes. the mirror.
0: The three partners, I was the fourth one, were Spanish. Did, I did not speak the language. So I was always an outsider. They didn't know what was going on. And after we opened the business, things were rolling in. We were very, very busy. And then when things started breaking, and basically I was out as a partner in a very short time. Kind of heartbroken because I really put my everything, my heart into it to make something out of nothing. Did not know how to protect myself. And also was afraid that the financial uh, financial detriment of having a lawyer present or paying a lawyer for just to review your papers will be be not good. Plus, I was (laughs) I was convinced by my partners that everything will be fine and we will do great and, and I will be no problem. We are equal partners 25% and we are like brotherhood. So, this was my learning lesson. Now that I have taste for it, my heart was aching to really go on my own to do it. I had a girlfriend, a wonderful American. Since I left the partnership and I went back to work in a restaurant, we did get married, again, with the limited resources. But just to symbolize our marriage, because I was foreign and she's American, we got married at the United Nations. As I was working in a restaurant, a friend of mine approached, asked me if I can cook for him and his wife. I was absolutely flabbergasted, I didn't know what to do. He said, just don't worry, whatever you want. I'll leave it up to you, just cook for us. I did, I think, four course meal using the pots and pans and everything because I had nothing and he liked it so much. Obviously, he he paid me a little bit. I bought myself a first chef knife. He asked me to do this again.
1: Thank you for joining me this week on The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. Follow us on your preferred listening channel for new episodes released every Monday. Tune in next week for a conversation with Matt Tuminello, founder and president of Target 10, which has grown to become the leading LGBTQ marketing agency for top tier brands, products and services.